Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Good morning. It is Tuesday, September 12th. It is six minutes after nine. You're listening to Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. His name is Rob Kendall. My name is Casey Daniels. We're glad you're joining us this morning. So coming up, we've got the Hamilton County GOP fall dinner. We have the U.S. giving $6 billion to one of the world's leading sponsors of terrorism. And we have President Biden lying again and that's where we begin today <laughs> it's, it's like a daily thing at this point so t- i actually tony i was listening to tony coming in mm-hmm. and you know i'm loathe to say anything nice about tony but he actually had what i thought was one of the best takes on joe biden and i'm, I'm paraphrasing here so obviously i'm not giving it verbatim but the, i was driving in thinking i hate giving tony credit for anything but this is a really <laughs> good take he said joe biden is about as close to stolen valor as someone not in the military could possibly be. Oh. And I thought that is just a just brilliant synopsis of Joe Biden's life. Mm-hmm. He is a non-military version of st- military person version of stolen valor. Yeah. Where everything about this guy is a lie, everything about this guy is a half truth at best. And then you have to and it's just stuff that's so easily disprovable. Yep. Uh, the Bob and Tom show used to get, have a comedian on. Maybe I don't know if he's still alive or not. I'm terribly sorry for not knowing this, but his name was Tim Wilson. Mm-hmm. And Tim Wilson was this incredible stand-up comedian. And he used to do a character called Uncle BS. And he would do it in his comedy shows. He'd do it on Bob and Tom. And the premise of Uncle BS is you would ask him this question of historical events, everything from the Kennedy assassination to dropping the, the bomb on Japan. And somehow Uncle BS was there and involved in whatever the event might have been. And Joe Biden is the real version of the Uncle yes. BS character. He yes. really is Uncle BS. He thinks he's Forrest Gump, but he's not at any of the events. <laughs> he he became the first sitting president not to visit the 9-11 memorial site on the anniversary of the attacks. Uh, he was in Alaska, in Alaska where he had... A refill. I mean, it was just they were stopping to refill, get more gas to get him back to D.C. And there's and there's no doubt, Casey, and we talked about this yesterday, there's no doubt they deliberately kept him from New York, Washington, D.C., or Pennsylvania mm-hmm. because they knew if he was there, it was going to turn into, hey, it doesn't matter, you lost your kid in the rubble in Maui. Uh, I once almost lost a Corvette and a cat in a kitchen fire. In a, right, in a fire. He would have made it about himself. But he did it anyway! He didn't make it. He wasn't even there, <laughs> and he made it about himself. He said that he remembers standing there next the next day after the attacks and looking up at the building. All right, so let's let's play... The audio, so you don't say, well, you guys are just making this up. Here is Joe Biden yesterday claiming to be at Ground Zero the day after 9-11. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could, from where you could stand. Okay, I want to just play it again so nobody can say, Rob, you, uh, you're you just putting words in this poor old man's mouth or you're manipulating the information. Again, here is Joe Biden yesterday claiming to be at Ground Zero the day after 9-11. Ground Zero in New York. And I remember standing there the next day 
and looking at the building. I felt like I was looking through the gates of hell. It looked so devastating because the way you could away from where you could stand. Okay, so this is a guy, and again, Casey, you're the voice of reason on this show. Mm -hmm. This is a guy giving a very specific date about arguably the most significant event to ever happen in American history with a very specific, detailed description of what he uh, of what he saw, correct? Yeah. yeah, he's saying that on September 12th, 2001, he was in New York City looking at the fallen building as if he was looking in the gates of hell. And there are certain things like you might get wrong. I mean, people do it with age where you say, you know, it's like you you would ask your, I would ask my grandfather, you know, when, uh, when he was getting older, hey, did you see so and so play baseball? Yeah, you know, I think so, and I think it was such and such. And I, man, I just I can't really remember. That's not a person that's trying to manipulate your feelings or thoughts or information to you. That's a person that is struggling to remember. Joe Biden is telling you he was definitively at Ground Zero with a specific day. Mm-hmm. And giving you a vivid description of what he was seeing. However, Casey. He was in Washington, (laughs) D.C. that day. The Senate convened on September 12th, 2001 to condemn the attack. And that's where he was. And it is not like, well, maybe he snuck. No, he's on C-SPAN. He was filmed giving his speech. Mm -hmm. There is no possible way. And there's not a single solitary person who has, you know, been produced over the past 22 years who will tell you, I was with Joe Biden at Ground Zero the day after September 11th. Why? Because he wasn't there. Correct. Now, their new thing that they're trying to send out to save this is, well, he was there September the 20th. Well, September the 20th ain't the day after 9-11. And the way the thing looked on September the 20th wasn't remotely close to what he was trying to describe or what it looked like on September the 12th. Mm -hmm. It is not that he got his dates confused. He's a liar. And he gets away with lying so much that he will just tell them now. It's not that it's a delusional old man. He's just gotten away with it for so long. And he believes the media is so on his side. And he believes you're too stupid, one, to figure it out, and two, to do anything about it if you do figure it out. That he'll just keep telling the lies, including about the most significant event, arguably in American history. He is the come to life version of Tim Wilson's Uncle BS. It's so easily disprovable, though, that he was in Senate that day voting to condemn the attacks. It's almost as if he really thinks he was there the day after. His memory is so fogged up with all of his corruption and lies, he doesn't even know where he was. Okay, now we knew it. We called it yesterday, Rob. We said the reason he's not going to be there is because he's going to make it about himself or he's going to tell some (laughs) ridiculous story. He's going to try and compare Uh. 9-11 to his kitchen fire. We were right. He can't help himself. So he's giving 9-11 remarks in Alaska. And what did he do? Well, he made it about himself. He opens his 9-11 remarks in Alaska talking about his his football career when he was in school, when he was a, a young boy. Listen to what he has to say as he's introducing the governor of Alaska. Governor Dunleavy, it's good to see you. Governor and I have something in common. We're both from Scranton, Pennsylvania. <laughs> 
I wish I had him playing in my high school ball club that I was playing. But I would have, could have been an All-American having you in front of me. I would have. I would have been an All-American. I mean, I could have been an All-American. I mean, what? what no. Do you, what do you even? What do you even? You know, it's like, and it's, it's something that like basic decorum would say, "Hey, I'm." You don't. I'm take away the fact that he's the president. So you're. It's basic decorum. Let's pretend you were the head of a civic club of some sort, and you were said, "Hey, Fred, you're the head of the local Rotary, and we're going to give a brief speech to remember those on 9/11." Would there be anything about? anybody's football career or their your football career it would be i mean and again we're talking about if you just took a local businessman off the street that's the head of the kiwanis club or the rotary or whatever they would be able to give a two to three minute speech hey today we pause to remember those Mm -hmm. who tragically lost their lives on 9-11 but we also remember the bravery of those who saved you know thousands of other people and we also remember the you know the firemen and the policemen and the the service members who fought abroad for our safety in the aftermath i mean whatever like you could pick any person off the street and they would be able to deliver that. And he can't do it, Casey. Nope, he can't. So Peter Ducey from Fox News, he asked the White House why Biden decided not to go to New York City on 9-11. And uh, you're not going to believe this answer. Well, uh, our focus the last couple of days has been on President Biden here in South Asia. And when I asked a White House official why it is that President Biden was here and missing the 9-11 uh, commemorations at the attack sites, the analogy that I was given is that 22 years after Pearl Harbor, U.S. presidents were not still going to visit Hawaii. He can't even do ceremonial duties. No. I mean, they, this should have been so easy for him. Show up, have empathy, leave. Yeah, there, there's when you're the commander in chief or you're a governor or you're a whatever, there are little pockets of things that are should be, used to be, non-political in the sense of you must do these things. And whether you're a Democrat or a Republican, whether you believe the government is too big or too small, we will universally expect the people who run our nation to be able to execute these things. And one of them is to remember 9-11, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's the most simplistic. I mean, it's a incredibly painful thing to remember each year, but it's the most simplistic thing in the sense of it's the political version of a softball, right? Yeah. Like you go, you give an easily prepared speech. There's A, B, and C you say. You comfort the people who are either were there or are family members of people who perished. I mean, from a political perspective, it is the biggest freebie softball whatever you could possibly have. And he can't do it. No. He cannot do it. He can't do even the easy ceremonial duties. Not that that would be an easy thing to do, but he should at least show up. And it's not for the White House to tell Americans it's time to move on from this because clearly Americans are not ready to do that. Yeah. All right. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, Biden also did something else horrific yesterday. He is back in bed with arguably the largest state sponsor of terror in the entire world. Uh, And I have to ask you a question. A betting house, a betting app did something yesterday, Mm -hmm. I guess, to honor 9-11 that a lot of people were really upset about. So I'm going to steal a line from Hammer and Nigel. Is this anything? It's coming up with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Life is so much more than a diagnosis. It's about sharing time with those you love, hanging with friends who lift you up, and experiencing all those moments that bring you joy. 
all hits, no skips. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. So long live singing to the oldies, jamming out to something new, and everything in between. <laughs> 23 minutes after 9 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So yesterday was 9-11. So what does the United States do under the Biden administration? Well, give $6 billion to one of the world's leading sponsors of terrorism. Uh, this is this is a ama- uh, The Biden administration never ceases to amaze me in the what they do and how much they actually hate this country. So... Biden agreed to do a prisoner swap mm-hmm. with Iran. And look, you can judge those on the merit of who you gave and who you got back. I think if you look at like the prisoner swap of Brittany Griner for the Merchant of Death, that was terrible for the United States. This one doesn't seem like it's super high profile people on either side. There are individuals, our, our country, you know, employs to make those choices. Let's hope they made the right one. I'm not super angry about that until we find out exactly who went in what way. And it's like any sports trade, you know, you can't judge it in the moment. You judge it over time. If there's a bunch of, you know, Iranian terrorists that were involved and we got five low level diplomats back, then that's probably not good. But that aside, it's they unfroze Mm -hmm. six billion dollars that Iran will now have assets to use. And no doubt, if you know anything about Iran, it will wholly be used to commit terrorism and try to wreak havoc on the world. Yeah, to fund their terrorism efforts. Now, the, on money, the money is supposed to only go for Iranian humanitarian oh, sure, right. prospects, but Absolutely. you know, we're, we're going to trust them on that. Because when you think humanitarian efforts, you think of the Iranian government, Casey, yeah. right there at the forefront of everyone's mind. And let's also keep in mind that uh, the Biden administration with the botched withdrawal from Afghanistan Afghanistan has now put the Taliban back in charge of that country. And here is why this stuff happens. Because and this is a this is the mindset of the left, and we've talked about this many times. The left believes America is an inherently evil and awful place. And they believe they do not believe America is special. They do not believe America is better than anyone else. And they believe that America has committed atrocity. We are the bad guy in the equation. The fact that America's freed more people than the history of the rest of the world combined or that America's created more wealth than the the history of the rest of the world combined doesn't matter. We're the bad guys in the equation. The original sin of the uh, foundation of this country is so great and we deserve to pay. And so while you and I look at it and go, of course, America is better than Iran. Of course, America is the good guy in the Iran-America standoff, battle, whatever you want to call it. They do not believe that. So, of course, to them, giving them $6 billion and going, well, it's supposed to go to humanitarian aids. The Ayatollah wouldn't lie. They, they don't see anything wrong with that because we are the bad guys in the mind of the left. And that's what Joe Biden and his administration are. They're leftists. So no matter what they do with the money, whether it's for humanitarian efforts or to sponsor more terrorism, the deal is definitely going to boost the Iranian economy. And this happens at a time when Iran poses a bigger threat to U.S. troops and all of our Mideast allies. All right. DraftKings did something. Do we want to talk about yes. that now? Yes, we must do this. Okay. So they they did a never forget 9-11 
parlay <laughs> and they took a lot of criticism for it and then they pulled it down. Okay, so for those of you who are not familiar with sports betting, a parlay is where you make multiple bets at the same time and you have to get all of those things correct in order for your payout. So the payout is much greater. You will see all sorts of betting apps do specials on parlays because they almost never hit because the order you're going to get four or five things right. So in honor of 9/11 and they called this the never forget parlay. Mm-hmm. They said we're going to we're going to uh have the New York Mets who are playing the Arizona Diamondbacks, the New York Yankees who yep. are playing the Boston Red Sox, and the New York Jets who are playing the Buffalo Bills. If all those teams win, then you win. That's a special parlay and I don't know, I guess they had like maybe a boost to that where you'd win extra money or whatever. And uh, that's really bad taste, and people were livid about it, and I agree with the people. Yeah, they have they, they pulled it down, and then they did apologize for it. I just have to think that maybe it was somebody who was younger. Who runs these places, In the Casey? marketing department. It well, doesn't matter! And, well, but see, that's why I asked Kevin when we were off the air where he was on 9-11, and if he remembers it, and he said that he was six years old, and he was in first grade, and he remembers the teachers crying and his mom pulling him out of school. Because if you're younger you don't maybe it doesn't have the same impact as somebody who's older who watched it happen on tv who you you it really hit you that the world was a different place after that day and so that's i guess the only thing that i'm thinking that maybe it was somebody young in the DraftKings marketing department who came up with this because uh, it just it, it, it hits them differently. I love you, and I really enjoy I'm working trying. with you. But the, the, you're, I'm trying to figure it out You're for being them. such a lefty mom here with this. Well, maybe they were young, and they didn't understand. It doesn't matter if you were 10 years old. You should know the impact of 9-11 and to know that that is ridiculously gross and disgusting to use a sports betting app to do profiteer off 9-11. Like, uh, I, I get that you're stretching. I'm not and tra- saying that it's right. I'm just I, trying to figure out why it happened. Whoever it was, whether they're 22 years old or 32 years old or 40 two years old or 72 years old should absolutely be fired because look it, it's DraftKings is one of the largest betting houses they you know full disclosure they advertise on this radio station and that's great the sports betting's awesome I do it quite a bit and it's great fun and there's many different places you can get your sports betting app from but that we can't come on here with the same straight face and go well just because they advertise here we're not going to say this is ridiculous they admitted it was ridiculous mm-hmm. based on the fact that they pulled it down yeah and then they did apologize for it it is Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC we've got Micah Beckwith who's going to join us next and a talk about the Hamilton County GOP fall dinner it is nice when I WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Casey. He's here. A big event in Hamilton County last night. Five of the six candidates for governors were on hand to make their pitch to 650 potential delegates and activists and voters in Hamilton County. The Hamilton County GOP fall dinner here for a full play-by-play of the no-doubt whirlwind of emotion and passion. And, well, actually, I was told Mr. Smith goes to Washington. It was not. Is our good friend the last great hope for the state of Indiana. Pastor Micah Beckwith. All right, Beckwith. Yeah, I heard they didn't exactly set the world on fire with the five speeches, but you were there in person. What say you? <laughs> well, 
Well, it was, uh, it, you know, I like those, those events uh, for multiple reasons. One, you get to, you get to the people who hate your guts, uh, you get to go right up to them, smile, shake their hands, and then they, uh, you can just feel the squirming happening in their innermost being. They're, they're like, get away, get away from me, you uh, religious zealot, you know. <laughs> and so uh, I like that. But then there's also some really good people, too. I mean, like, there genuinely are, like, some great God and country people at these events. And last night was no exception. I mean, just running into old friends, running into people who are really standing for truth and making a big difference in our, in our state. So that, so that was fun. There were a lot of people from outside the County that were there. I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was pretty impressive. There were about 650 people. So Mario, uh, the chairman of uh, the Hamilton County Republican party is, is doing a good job, really getting people to turn out for these events. And so, uh, but yeah, all, all the, the, the major candidates for governor. Now, Jamie Rittenauer wasn't there, but everyone else was. And, uh, and yeah, I think they only had three minutes. It's hard to, hard to really give a you know a rousing you know pep uh, pep talk in three minutes but i think what i took away was uh the that that it's the bread chamber I think you're, you're just it was takeaway. so great it was so great you're struggling to find the words i understand that was the description i got too no, no, no. Listen, I think I was I was interested to hear Brad. I'd never heard Brad speak. I didn't know anything about the guy, really, other than his video, his ad that he put out. And he gets up and he basically just reads the script. And, and it was not it was not the crowd to read the script in front of. I, I, so I thought that was a myth. But he keeps going back to this idea that he's an outsider. And I want to just be like, dude, what do you think outsider means? I don't think you, you know the word, the meaning of the word that you are trying to say. I don't think you know what it means, right? And uh, – and so that was interesting to me. I thought Curtis uh, brought the the conservative fire. Uh, I mean, I think the, the the grassroots people were were like myself too. I thought he did a good job of just kind of punching back the establishment. He made a Mitch McConnell joke, which was which was pretty epic, and I thought that was. Um, that was good, but I think he, he really kind of said, listen, I'm going to be the guy that's going to fight. Um, and then uh, Eric Doden, I love the fact he brought in the, he brought in scripture. He got up and talked about first responders, and he uh, – Now, wait, you know, now I, I, have to, I have to stop you for a second because okay. the story yeah. I got was in the middle of the Doden speech. They actually had to check him to make sure he was still alive. Is that true? <laughs> no, listen, Eric is he's – a, he's a phenomenal guy. I really like Eric as a, as a person. He's got a heart for the Lord. I think that shines through. He's, he is a little bit more – He's a little bit more like like low low key, low energy. He's not a he's not a typical like rah rah politician. Which I but I don't, I don't think that's a problem. I don't think you got to be in that room though. You got to be that. That's what you got to be. You got three minutes. I mean, you know, drink a Red Bull or something. <laughs> take take a couple of them. But I yeah I think uh, yeah you're right. There, there, you need to bring some energy on that stage. And it, it was it I, here. Let me give a little bit of uh, you know credit to these guys though because it was. It was hard because it was it was a 9/11 first responders uh, remembrance type of of event, and so that was really what the whole purpose was to go and like celebrate the first responders on 9/11. And so you, it's kind of are you supposed to be somber? Are you supposed to be reverent? Are you supposed to be hype? Are you supposed to talk about yourself or talk about first responders? I get that they were kind of probably stuck in this little bit of uh, like what, how do I approach this? And so some people got up there and talked only about themselves. Other people didn't talk at all about themselves and just put the spotlight on the first responders. I think that's what Eric did last night, which which I think was fine. Uh, 
I don't I don't now, now, full disclosure, you did invite me to this event. However, as you know, the rules, Micah, it is football season, and I do not do causes during football season. Plus, my pastor told me uh, as a dad I need to be an engaged father and be at home. So I think it's interesting. On one hand, you're telling me on Sunday that I need to be engaged in my kid's life. On the other hand, you're like, just leave your kid at home and come party with me in Hamilton County. It'll be fine. Well, I think there's a, there's something to be said about preserving liberty for your children and children's children. But, you know, hey, you do you, Rob. You do you. So uh. I looked at my wife and I said, uh, would you be mad if I just disappeared for about four hours and went and hung out with Micah? And the, the lack of answer just kind of told me that that would not be... That would not be a good idea. <laughs> you are you are wise, young Padawan. You uh, you learn the uh, you learn the the motto that every man needs to realize when he gets married: happy wife, happy life. So well done, there, Rob. Uh, okay, so our dear friend April uh, Gregory was actually she wins the Golden Friend Award because she. Um, was actually live texting me, not tweeting for the masses to see, but it was like I had my own personal, uh, just, you know, VIP tweeting experience. She was actually live tweeting to me almost verbatim what the people were saying. And so we have to give a shout out to her because that saved me four hours out of my day having to not deal with that. Uh, but my question to you is I, I asked her, I said, what percentage of people in that room, and I suppose there were like 650 people there, which I think is great, phenomenal, wonderful. What percentage of people in that room have not made up their mind who they're voting for for governor? Oh, man, I I, I don't know. I would say probably 30% haven't made up their mind. That's the exact number she said. That's a fascinating number for me that there's 30%. I mean, these are like party insider people, yeah. and that's fascinating to me. It kind of speaks to the candidates, right? There's no one really just wowing, wowing the field. Yeah, I mean, I think there's this is an open field. I mean, I think there's not one candidate that really just says, you know, hey, like or people are rallying behind saying this is the this is the guy, this is the gal. I think I think people want to hear. They want to, you know, I think when we were talking about Suzanne, we want to know like Suzanne, are you going to are you going to be able to be a fighter? When we talk about uh uh, someone like uh, uh, Brad Chambers, we want to be like, are you just going to be Holcomb 2.0? Like, I mean, so I think there's a lot of people who are who are looking for answers, and they're giving the candidates a chance. They're saying, well, we'll listen to you, we'll hear you out, but but we don't we don't know exactly where we're going to land on this right now. So I I, heard, I was I was standing next to Eric Doden uh, at the end of the event, and we were chatting, and someone came right up, uh, someone from Fishers, and and he said, hey, I'm all in with you, um, and I, and he's like, I want a yard sign, and and so you know Doden shook his hand as a thanks, and he he left, and and it was. Uh, I found out that this guy's wife was at an event with Eric just about a week ago and heard Eric talk at, at, uh, on just how he's going to handle fiscal policies and things like that. And, and she came home and she said, honey, this is a guy we got to support. And so, um, so anyway, so I think there's stuff like that that's happening on a regular basis. They're out, they're selling, they're pitching their ideas and, and, uh, and people are, you know, they're getting behind them. So um, again, I, I, I think, out of the fire, out of the fieriness of the night, I would say I would give that one to Curtis. Curtis probably brought the heat, and and he and he's a fighter, and that's what I've said we need. We need a fighter. But but then there's some good ideas. I mean, Suzanne touted the get get rid of the income tax. Uh, she she brought that up again. I thought that was that was bold to say that in that room, and she got a a good rousing of. Uh, applause when she said that so so it was good it was you know but people are listening They're, i don't think everyone's made up their mind by any stretch of the imagination uh michael back with our guests we're talking about the big hamilton county fall dinner last night uh, all the candidate well five of the six candidates for governor spoke um 
and I always ask you this, I'm fascinated when these dinners or these get togethers or whatever, whether it's a breakfast, you're obviously going to all of these things now because you're running for lieutenant governor. Um, do the people at these events think the Republicans in Indiana are doing a good job? Because I always always like our ratings are great, which means somebody's listening, which means somebody must agree with what we have to say. Yet. The Republicans do like the exact opposite of what we talk about on our show. So I'm curious at these events, are people like, wow, everything's going really great. These guys are wonderful. Or are they like, dude, the taxes have never been higher and the government's never been bigger. What's going on? I think it's split. I think you got a room full of, uh, I think you've got a room that half of them are party loyalists. Even people that would call themselves conservatives will say that the Republicans can do no wrong, and it's all about maintaining power. I ran into a political strategist last night. He was pissed at me, like just almost like almost got into a fight, I think. And and Jim Banks walked up, and we were talking, and Jim kind of I think Jim walked into it. And he was like, Oosh, I don't know what's going on here, and like he kind of he kind of left, he kind of uh, you know, walked away. And Jim, uh, by the way, Jim Banks gave a great speech. I, oh I really yeah, no, hey, whoa, 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 let's stop hey, you. Let me stop you. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. So so Jim. Jim Banks was a. Let me make sure I understand this correctly. Jim Banks, who uh, our audience knows him, he's Kevin McCarthy super fan. Voted for Kevin McCarthy fifteen times. Said what a great job that Jim Banks. Right, this is the same same Jim Banks. I just want to make sure we're. Can you let me? Can you let me finish? Well, real, real quick, I just I just want to make sure I'm on. No, I wanted to make sure I'm understanding. Then I'll let you totally let you talk. He was able yes. to prioritize going to the Hamilton County fall dinner, which means he would have had to come back from Washington, D.C. in order to do that. So he was able to fly halfway across the country to go campaign. But when it came to voting on the debt ceiling, he didn't bother to show up and do that. I just want to make sure I have all this clear that I have the I just want to make sure that we're talking about the same guy, right? Jim, Jim gave a great speech last night. He, he's fighting the woke cancel culture. That's what by I like not about voting. Jim, right? He's fighting he's not by perfect. not voting. He's not perfect. OK, nobody's perfect, Rob. And if you want to run and you want a perfect candidate, you need to run for office and, and do it yourself. So uh, but no, I will say this. So like to answer your earlier question. Are there people that that just love the Republican Party? Well, this this political strategist guy, he's he's working on uh, uh, Sue Finkham's race in Carmel, <laughs> and he's he's been a he's been a quote unquote conservative, <laughs> and he he's he's so but and I I called him out a, a few months ago when Sue came out and supported the drag show for kids in the Carmel uh, the Pride Fest. I said I, I said dude like what your candidate supporting this stuff that like Republicans we don't we don't support drag shows for kids we don't sexualize our children we fight against that and he just got really heated with me in that phone call and then i saw him last night and again he's just ticked off he's and he told me this. he said micah a republican is far better than any democrat and i just don't i do i do not ascribe to that theory that any republican somebody with an r next to their name is going to be better than any democrat like democrats are terrible yes they're awful i i do i'm never going to vote for a democrat personally but that doesn't mean that just because you wear an r on your on your lapel like that means you are somehow absolved of being a bad uh, leader, like no, there, are, there. Are, we have a lot of Democrats in the Republican Party in Hamilton County right now. And the only reason they're there is because they know it's the party of power. We've got a, we've got a county commissioner, Christine Altman, in Hamilton County. She has been fighting against what I'm doing on the library board. She wants to keep pornographic material in the hands of children. And when you ask her, when you say, "Why are you doing this?" She has no good response other than I think she's her her side, which is the Democrat side, is pushing her to to keep that type of content in the hands of children. And I'm telling you, this is because people like uh, Christine Altman, they don't they're not Republicans. And, and I don't 
Christine's a nice lady. I don't have anything personally against her, but just be honest. Just say, no, I'm a Democrat. I'd be a Democrat. If the Hamilton County Republican Party wasn't the party of power, I'd be in the, I would have a D next to my name. I'd wear it proudly. That, I would say half that room or a lot of people in that room are probably that way. And then the other half are probably people like me that are so ticked off and they're getting off the bench and they're going in. They're saying, we're going to do something about this nonsense so that our, our nation doesn't crumble on our watch. I'm just glad that banks could fly halfway across the country to be at the uh, campaign event but couldn't show up to vote on the debt ceiling. I'm just very, 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 very happy about that. Micah Beckwith, you are the best in a national treasure. Thank you, my friend. Thanks, Rob. Appreciate you. 93 WIBC, it's the Kendall and Casey Show. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Good morning, 953. It's Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. So Walt Disney and Charter Communications, they reached a deal just in time before Monday Night Football so that people could see that Jets game on ESPN and boy did you were you able to oh, see it? Oh I was totally uh, watching it yes Casey as you know during football season I don't do causes of any sort because well I watch football mm-hmm. every day and yes I did see that and from the moment he went down the announcers weren't selling it at all I don't think they'd noticed yet Buck and Aikman and I looked at my dad I said he's really hurt. You're talking about Aaron Rodgers. Yes, I said. Look, I've been like, but I mean, he was. It was weird because he wasn't writhing in pain. He wasn't, you know. I said he's really hurt because an athlete knows their body, Mm -hmm. and the fact that he refused to get up immediately, and it was almost like something out of a book. You wouldn't even believe, you know, all this drama in the offseason. And, and then he goes to New York and he's going to stick it to the Packers. And, you know, Rodgers is just a very unlikable person, period, anyway. And you're sitting there going, there's no way this just happened. But it totally did. He was likable when he ran out carrying the American flag. For about three seconds. Yeah. And he said, I can't possibly have this. And so now it, they don't know the extent of the injury yet. It could be a torn Achilles. It could be a high ankle sprain. The coach, Robert Sala for the Jets, did not sound overly enthusiastic. And look, Aaron Rodgers had a contract. Now, he, re- he reworked the contract to help the team. Mm-hmm. But it was like over $50 million before mm-hmm. he reworked his contract. And he could be done for the entire season. Yeah. Four plays. Yeah, the coach said it was not good. He's supposed to get an MRI, an MRI today. They'll see what's going on with his Achilles. But <laughs> how about Zach Wilson and his hot mom stepping up? For those of you who don't know, Zach Wilson was the number two pick in the draft a couple of years ago. He stinks, but his mom made all the headlines. She was at draft night with him, mm-hmm. and then the report came out shortly after that he was hooking up with one of the mom's friends, and yep. it was like a tabloid thing made for New York. Zach Wilson. Wilson comes off the bench. He still stinks, but the Bills stunk worse last night, well, and they won the game. Yeah, the Jets managed to pull it out. Of course, the Jets' next game is against the Cowboys on Sunday. Will Aaron Rodgers be in that game? Don't know. They're talking about maybe that was a season-ending injury. It is 9.55 with Kendall and Casey on 93 WIBC. Good morning.